Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Unionville Alliance Church, those that are here in person, those that are watching online. Can I just take a moment to address the elephant in the room right now? The World Cup is happening at 10 a.m., I know that. Okay? And I'll just do all of us a favor right now. It's one nothing for Argentina. All right? So just so you know, now you can just be at peace that they'll continue and win and we'll all celebrate, okay? And those that are watching online, I know you probably have a separate tab open while this tab is on the church. No guilt whatsoever, completely understand, okay? And for those that came in person, you forfeited the opportunity of having two tabs open. <laughs> this past week, we had Hampers of Hope, and as Peter prayed, we were uh, uh, blessed to be able to do 190 hampers, but actually we ended up doing a little bit more than that, so it was 206 <laughs> hampers. So huge thanks to Nancy and her team and so many of you that volunteered and gave of your finances and of your time and of your energy to be able to bless so many families that those are 206 hampers, but there is multiplied more people within that uh, that have been touched as we here at Unionville Alliance Church seek to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. Now, today is our last in-person service here at Unionville Alliance Church on a Sunday. So this is our last Sunday, basically. Next Sunday, we're going to be completely uh, online for Christmas Day. So today is our last Sunday. We're going to do something different at the end of the service today, and I'll let you know about that in a moment uh, near the end of the message. But I want to just uh, let you in on one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing this coming weekend. So on Christmas Eve, we normally have a service on Christmas Eve, and we want to have a wonderful celebration, and I want to encourage you, if you can do one thing for Christmas Eve, can you invite one person to come with you on Christmas Eve, whoever that might be? We want to touch our world through Jesus one life at a time. Can you invite one person to come with you on Christmas Eve. Our, our service starts at 6.30. We'll be here at 6 o'clock singing some carols. There'll be uh, some drinks as well that you can enjoy, and we'll be able to just have a wonderful time before our service officially starts at 6.30. On Sunday morning, we have intentionally decided to make that service completely online for a specific reason, that wherever you might be on that Sunday morning, on Christmas Day, celebrating with your family, celebrating with friends, celebrating with whoever, can you turn on your online stream at 10 a.m. and join us as we talk about the story of Jesus? And I'll be sharing a, a very simple message from John 3:16, talking about the hope of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the reason why Jesus came. And I want to encourage you, if you can, wherever you might be with whichever family members are with you, just turn on the service and join us. We'll be singing some carols. The children will be performing some things. You're invited to my home as well. You get to see Daniel in his PJs, right? <laughs> on Sunday morning, you know, be in your PJs, watch the service together. We've intentionally done it this way so that wherever you might be, you can help others, maybe in your family, that might not know the story of Jesus or might not be following Jesus or might not know what the real meaning of Christmas is, that they could join together. This week, as we, on our social media platforms, uh, promote our services and encourage people to join, can I also ask you to maybe share on your social media platform to invite someone, whether it's on Christmas Eve or particularly and especially on Christmas Day, 
it's one of the easiest invites that you can bring, you can do, to be able to just share on your own social media platform, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it might be, and say, hey, would you join me online on Sunday at 10 a.m. for a Christmas service as we uh, explore the story of Jesus and what is the real meaning of Christmas and what Jesus did for us. So can I ask you to do that for, for this week as we lead up into our weekend uh, services? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence here with us. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for uh, the opportunity to celebrate and rejoice in this Christmas season. And so now, Lord, as we look into your word, we pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us, that you would encourage us, and that you would help us as we are blessed with the story of Christmas in the season of Advent. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Northern Nigeria is a, is a place where there's a lot of Christian persecution that happens. And I want to tell you the story of a woman named Rebecca, not her real name. Um, she was from this area of Northern Nigeria. One night she had a dream. And in this dream, she saw a radiant light. And she couldn't see anything else around, around that light in this dream. It was just a bright light that was so radiant and shining. And so she told her aunt about the dream, and the aunt told her to pray about it. And then the next night, she had a, another dream. And in that dream, she saw a man dressed in white and who introduced himself as the way, the truth, and the life. So she went and she told her aunt about this, and the aunt said, well, you better talk to one of uh, the pastors in a local Christian church in that area. And the pastor explained to her that the person in the dream was Jesus. And so Rebecca decided to commit her life to Christ and to be a follower of Jesus. Now, this decision was not an easy decision. It was a very difficult decision based on the place that she lived and the surroundings that she lived in, the family environment that she was in as well. Her grandfather tried to suffocate her to death because of her decision to follow Jesus. And thankfully, some of her neighbors were able to come and rescue her before that happened or before she died. Her brother threw rocks at her, at her face and resulting in partial loss of her eyesight because she was a follower of Jesus. Her family decided that she should die because of her faith in Christ. One night, she heard a voice, and in her voice, instructing her to leave her community because they were going to kill her. And so she left, and she walked for 10 hours until she was met by a kind pastor who took her in. She met another missions uh, agency organization who helped her to rebuild her life and receive emotional healing from the, from the trauma that she had gone through. Do you know that more than 6,000 Christians in Nigeria were killed for their faith last year? That's a lot. Do you know that there are about 30,000 Christians today in North Korea who are in prison and who are being tortured for their faith? And so much is happening around the world like this in places like China and Pakistan and Afghanistan and India and in so many other countries. And so I, I tell you this story, and particularly about Rebecca, because it's a little bit similar to the story that Sarah read for us this morning from the scriptures in Matthew chapter 1 that talks about the birth of Jesus and the strenuous situation that Joseph particularly was in as he had to make some decisions for his own life and his own family. And he also was visited in a dream and given instructions and told what to do, which was completely out of the ordinary. 
I think if any of us put ourselves in Joseph's shoes, what would we actually do? Would we actually respond in the same way that Joseph responded? Or would we say, forget about this. I, I can't deal with this. Now, Joseph was probably, probably very young. More, more, more than likely, he was probably between the ages of 16 to 19. If this was his, his first marriage, it was probably between 16 to 19. Mary was probably between the ages of 13 to 15. They were young people. But they exemplified amazing fortitude, courage, strength, and wisdom, given the circumstances that they were in. They displayed a beautiful character of faith in God. Their resilience was something that was amazing. And so as, as we look this morning at the story of Jesus, particularly through the lens of, of Joseph, Jesus's earthly father, uh, I want to just highlight a couple of things that I hope will be an encouragement to us to actually follow in the footsteps of Joseph, because I think what Joseph did was quite remarkable. I know if I was in Joseph's shoes, I don't know if I would make the same decisions that Joseph made, because he was able to do some things that were quite extraordinary, and we'll look at that this morning. So the first thing that, that I'd like us to see is that Joseph displayed confidence in the word of God. When God's word came to Joseph, he didn't reject or push away the word of God. Instead, he embraced God's word. He received God's word, right? Here it is in Matthew chapter 1 and verses 22 and 23. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message, message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. There is so many unbelievable, impossible things just in this verse, but yet Joseph embraced it, right? If you look at this verse, what are some of the unbelievable things here? The virgin will conceive, right? And you're going to give birth to a son, and he's going to be what? God. If anyone came and told you that, would you be willing to receive that right away? It seems like such an impossible situation, Right? That Joseph is given this message. The virgin will conceive and you will have a son and you will call his, his name Jesus. Emmanuel, God is with us. See, Joseph embraced the word of God. This was a prophecy written in the book of Isaiah hundreds of years before. And so when Joseph realized, when the angel came to Joseph and when the angel told Joseph, take Mary to be your wife, don't reject her, don't cast her away. Because the child that is within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. She is a virgin. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. You will call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. He is God with you. This, this was a lot for a young man to absorb. If you're thinking a young man between the ages of 16 to 19, probably, for him to be able to absorb all of this information and to be able to say, wow, this is the responsibility that God is giving to me. This is what's going to happen. This, is, this seems extraordinary. This seems unbelievable. But Joseph displayed something that we often struggle with, that I often struggle with. And that was faith and confidence in the word of God. Regardless of how impossible it sounded, regardless of how far-fetched it might have been, regardless of how difficult it was even just to receive and say, okay, fine, I understand this, Joseph was able to take that step of faith in believing the word of God. How many times does the word of God come to us and we struggle to believe it? 
How many times has the word of God come to our lives and to our, our families and there's doubts and there's worries and there's unbelief and there's so many things that we deal with because we find it difficult to believe the word of God. If the Lord promises to us and says, my presence will be with you, we can say, okay, thank you, Lord. I can receive that. But maybe when a trial comes in, we, we struggle with that. This is way more than my presence will be with you. This is your wife is pregnant with a, with a son She's still a virgin, and she will give birth. And that son is not going to be a regular boy. He is the son of God. How unbelievable is that? How crazy does that sound? But Joseph demonstrated this wonderful faith in God's word. In the next chapter, in Matthew chapter 2, it says, Joseph was instructed uh, to, to go to Egypt because... Herod was there, and he was killing all of the children. And so after the wise men were gone, the wise men came and met Joseph and Mary uh, there. Joseph, in a dream, got some more instructions. More of God's word was sent to Joseph. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And the angel said, uh, the angel said stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So they went from where they were in Bethlehem to Egypt, and they stayed there. And then later on, he was given instructions to go from Egypt back to Israel. Joseph received the word of God. He was able to obey God's word, regardless of how difficult and how impossible it sounded. And friends, I want to encourage you today, as we come to the end of this year, and as we come to a place where we can look back and reflect on God's blessings in 2022, and hopefully look forward to God's word and blessings in 2023, that we can have confidence in God's word to be able to obey his word. In Isaiah 30, it says it like this, your own ears will hear him, meaning hearing the word of God. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether it is to the right or to the left. How many here you would love to be directed, inspired, led, and pushed forward by God's word? Would you like that to happen? I see a few nods, right? What if it's something difficult? What if it was God telling you, as Jesus told Peter, come out on the water? You want, can we still get some more head nodding here? <laughs> right? What if it's to do something in 2023 that you've never done before? No more head nodding, right? See, God challenges us with his word. God gives us his word. And God asks us to respond to his word. If we open up our ears and open up our hearts, we will hear the word of the Lord coming to us. How many would love to hear God's voice in 2023? Anyone here? Okay, here's step one. Do you want to know how to hear God's voice? I'll give you step one. Easy step, okay? You ready? Step one in hearing God's voice is to read his word. Okay? Simple step. He's already given us his word. He gives us instructions. He gives us directions in his word. As he spoke to Joseph, God spoke to him from his word in the book of Isaiah. God gave Joseph a promise from the book of Isaiah. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph was able to see, okay, this is God's word. It's being fulfilled in our lives. He was able to obey God's word. So here, I want to ask you, you can pull out your phones right now. 
All right, check the score, it's okay, right? You can see, go uachome.org slash join plan and join us in reading through the gospel. So open up your web browser, just go to that link, uachome.org slash join plan. It's 90 days, so the first three months of the, of the new year, January, February, March, read the word of God with us. We're gonna, reading, we're gonna be reading through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as you read together, there'll be videos that are uh, integrated into your reading so that you can get a little bit of a better idea and a better picture of what uh, the scriptures are talking about. And you'll be able to read other people's comments. We have already about 50 people signed up, so I want to encourage you as well to sign up and read the word of God with us. If you want to hear God's word, take that step, okay, and read God's word. If you want to be like Joseph, to be able to hear God's voice, to be able to hear that direction, this is the way, walk in it, then take that step to read the Word of God. So join us on this plan. It's through the YouVersion Bible app, so if you go to that link, it'll take you to the YouVersion Bible app, and you can join that plan and read the Word of God together with us. Number two, Joseph believed the power of the Spirit to do the impossible. Not only did Joseph believe God's Word... He specifically believed in the power of the Holy Spirit to do something impossible. And that was to conceive in Mary, the child Jesus. Matthew 1 verse 20 says this. As he considered, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, the son of, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. How many husbands here, if your wife comes to you and tells you, I'm pregnant, and it's by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> How many here are you going to believe that? Probably not many, right? But that's what Joseph, the word of God that was given to Joseph, right? That said that... Mary, take Mary as your wife, the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is a critical fault in our lives in these days, is that we do not believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to fill, transform, and change our lives. Last year, uh, we, taught, we did a little series on the Holy Spirit, and we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Friends, I want to encourage you in your belief, not only to believe and receive the word of God, but to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to touch and change and transform lives. If you received this news, you would have probably thought, no way this is possible. And the only way that Joseph actually believed that this was possible, I'm sure all of his friends and his family members and everyone else was saying, Joseph, why are you taking Mary? She's pregnant and it's not your child. I'm sure there would be so many people speaking into Joseph's life and saying all of these different things, but Joseph believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. People would have probably told him, Joseph, you're crazy to do this. Joseph, I can't believe this would never happen. And Joseph's response was, the Holy Spirit did it. And he trusted in the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we do not receive all that God has for us. We limit what God has for us because we do not believe in the all-powerful Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and lives to change and transform us into the image and character of Jesus. 
We don't press in into what God has for us because we do not believe in the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. See, Joseph, in saying yes to God, in Joseph, in, when, when he received this message from the angel, when he received the word of God and, and said, the Holy Spirit has done this, in Joseph saying, yes, okay, I will do this, I will be obedient, he said no to everything else in his life. In receiving and do this, he was a righteous man, the word of God says. He was a just man. And in saying yes to this, he pushed off so many other things in his life. And he was, there probably would have been maybe a cloud of shame, a cloud of, of uncertainty, people gossiping, people saying this and that, people would have known, you know, what's happening here. But because of Joseph's belief in the empowering spirit to actually accomplish this, he was able to believe in the work of God. We are, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, a Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused movement. And a lot of times we might say we're Christ-centered and maybe we're, we're, we're mission-focused, but how many times are we actually spirit-empowered? How many times do we surrender and yield to the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us? The Spirit of God can come upon us and do things that we would normally not do. You see that time and time again in the Word of God, where the Spirit of God comes upon somebody and he does something, that person does something that they would normally not have done. In the Old Testament, we read about Samson. The Spirit of God came upon Samson, and he, and, and he had supernatural strength. He would rip apart a lion like ripping a piece of paper. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Joshua so that he would lead the children of Israel after Moses. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Peter on the day of Pentecost, and Peter, this unlearned fisherman, this person who didn't know much, started quoting from the Old Testament, spoke with great boldness and power and authority, and did so much that convinced 3,000 people to say, we want to be a follower of Jesus as well. See, friends, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, he will do th something in our life. He will help us to walk and step out in faith and do things that we would normally have never done. And so my question and my challenge and my encouragement for you, not just for today, but even for 2023, will you lean more into the Spirit? Will you yield more to the Spirit and allow Him to do something in your lives and in your family and in our church like never seen before? When the Spirit of the Lord came upon Mary... She conceived Jesus supernaturally. The same spirit is in the world today, is at work in our lives. He fills us, he empowers us, and he does things that we could not even think or conceive of. If you dreamed this situation up, if it wasn't written in the Bible, you could probably not even dream up this kind of situation. But God prophesied about it long before it happened. In Zechariah 4, we read this verse, it says, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, 
says the Lord Almighty. Friends, it's not by our own striving. It's not by our own power. It's not by our own wisdom. It's not by what we can do. It's not by our own intellect. It's not by our own craftiness or our, our own talents and abilities. It is by the outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord in our lives and in our families and in our church and in the world today to accomplish things that we have never seen before. And if we would open up our eyes and see what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in the world today, He is doing some amazing and wonderful things. About a year ago, I told you a story from a podcast called Maverick. Maverick has opened up season two. I want to encourage you to listen to season two of Maverick wherever you listen to your podcasts because it tells of an amazing story that's happening in the world today. It tells of the Spirit of the Lord just being poured out. It tells of miraculous things that are happening that eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard and neither has entered into the heart of man. But God, by his Spirit, is doing something amazing and wonderful in the world. But let me tell you this. The greatest miracle that the Spirit of God can do in your life and in my life is to conceive Jesus in us. If we think how amazing and wonderful it was for the Holy Spirit's power to come upon Mary and for her to conceive Jesus as a baby and to give birth to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes upon us as well to conceive the Spirit of Christ, the character of Christ, the glory of Christ in us. That is the work of the Spirit, to change us from impatient to patient, to change us from angry to people of love, to change us from proudful people to humble people. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that changes us and puts on us the character and image of Christ. This is the work of the empowering Spirit in our lives right now. The Christmas story points towards the fact that Jesus wants to be born in us, that the Spirit and image of Christ wants to be lived out within us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the apostle says it this way, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, and he changes us from glory to glory into the image of Christ. The Spirit of God comes upon us, and he changes our image, changes our character from glory to glory until the image and character of Christ is formed within us. It is not by our own striving. It is not by our own might. It's not by our own wisdom. We can't sit here and say, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And then a test comes, and we're bad. No. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. It's not by our own, our own thinking, our own striving, our own effort. It is the work of grace through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that changes and transforms our character. This is the story of the gospel. This is the message of Jesus, that Christ would be formed within us. That is the greatest and most amazing miracle that he can do for you and for me, that Jesus would be formed within us. Whatever situation that you're facing today, the Lord wants to be there with you. Okay, so here's a question. How many would like more of the Spirit in, their, in your life in 2023? Okay, can I ask you to do one thing now? Pull out your phones. All right? Don't check the score this time. Stay concentrated. Okay, let's, here's the test. Well, I just opened up to my app. It's 2 nothing. Okay, so. <laughs> prayer challenge. Okay? Can I ask you to text the word 7 a.m., no spaces, 
or 7 p.m. and join us in a prayer challenge for 2023, the first 40 days of the year, okay? That's the number, 647-931-0015. And can I encourage you and ask you, as we step into 2023, and as we give more room to prayer and more room to the Holy Spirit, if you want to grow in that and yield more to the Spirit, step into the Spirit, be, be, be more uh, 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 leaning into the Spirit, then join us in this prayer challenge as we pause for moments of prayer. All it's going to be is at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m., you'll get a text message that will just say, hey, let's, can you just pause for a minute and pray about this and allow the Holy Spirit to work. Just rest and stop and let the Spirit work in your heart. Let the Spirit work in your life. Let's yield more to the Spirit in 2023. Let's walk more in the Spirit. For those that are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. Let's surrender more to the Spirit. One thing that we're going to do in 2023, you'll see this in the first week uh, of January, the back wall there, okay, is going to be plastered with paper, okay? On one side, we're going to have prayer. On the other side, we're going to have praise, and in the middle, we're going to have a title that says something like the word of God or what God is speaking, something or other. And what I want us to do in 2023, from January all the way to August, as we are focusing on Jesus and the story of Jesus, is that as you come to the house of God, and if you have a petition to make, can you write it on the petition wall? And if sometime during the year that petition is answered, just come by and circle it. And it's something that we can praise God for. Or if you go to the, prayers, the praise side, if there's something that you want to praise God for, can you write it on there? And in the middle is going to be what the word of God is doing, how God is speaking to you, how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. So if you come for a service and you feel like God spoke to me from this verse, write the verse down. If you come and you feel like God is, is speaking to you something, the spirit of God is inspiring you, if the spirit of God is telling you something, write that on there. Now, it's not up now. It'll be up in the first week of January. And then can I encourage you, when you come on Sunday, or if you come during the week, can you just linger a little? Maybe linger a little at the praise wall and praise God. Let the praises flow out of your life. Maybe linger a little at the petition wall and lift up those petitions to the Lord in prayer throughout the year. You could do it on a Sunday. You can come during the week. When our offices are open, just walk right in and come in and maybe linger a little and let's step into the things of the Spirit a little bit more. Let's step into prayer a little bit more. Let's step into what Jesus has for us in praise, in prayer, and in declaration of God's word as we come into 2023. Finally, number three, Joseph trusted and reflected the faithfulness of God. Both of those things. Joseph trusted the faithfulness of God, and Joseph reflected the faithfulness of God. See, Joseph, I'll, I'll deal with one at a time. For the first thing, Joseph trusted the faithfulness of God. Joseph didn't trust in his own ability to understand this crazy prophecy, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. You'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph didn't trust in his own ability to, to understand that. He trusted in God's faithfulness that if God said it, he was going to do it. Joseph trusted in the fact that this is God's word and he would be faithful regardless of what it says. Joseph trusted in the fact of however crazy the prophecy was, God was faithful to do it. 
And friends, regardless of however crazy it might seem in your life, and you might have a petition before the Lord right now, you might have a request before the Lord, and you might be waiting one year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you're waiting and you're waiting. God is faithful. This prophecy from Isaiah was written hundreds of years before. The people were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until the culmination on that day when the angel came to Joseph. Your wife is conceived by the Holy Spirit, will conceive a son and bear a son. He'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph didn't trust in his own intellect. He didn't trust in trying to work things out in his own mind. How was this even possible? He trusted in the faithfulness of God, that God who said this would accomplish it. Can you imagine the day that Mary came to Joseph? We don't read about the exact day. We don't know how it exactly happened. But can you imagine just the encounter? Hi, Joseph. How are you today? Oh, I'm looking forward to the day when we can, you know, be together and live together in one house. How's the carpentry business going? You know, just a little side note, um, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Can you imagine the conversation? Joseph would have just been shocked. He would have been disheartened. He would have been grieved. Mary, I thought you were supposed to be faithful to me. Mary, how could you have let this happen? We were supposed to join together and live our lives wonderfully for, for, for a lifetime. But Joseph, in response to that, the word of God says he decided to divorce Mary quietly. Now, we don't know all the details of how the contract law for that marriage uh, happened, but Bible scholars tell us that the decision for Joseph to put her away quietly probably would have had financial implications for him because the way that the marriage contract worked at, at that time in many ways, they were already legally married, even though they hadn't consummated their marriage. In many ways, they were already legally married, and there was a bride price, and there was also a dowry, and all of these things. And if Joseph was going to put her away publicly and make a public show of, hey, she was unfaithful, then guess what? He wins financially. But if he was to put her away privately and just put this under the table, we don't, I don't want to make a big deal about this, he was probably going to lose out financially. We don't know the details exactly, but Bible scholars are, look at different ways of how you know, those marriage contracts worked at that time. And you see the righteousness of Joseph. You see the, the just act of Joseph to say, I'm going to put her away quietly. I, I don't want to ruin her. I don't want to make, I don't want to make, uh, make something bad of her. But then the angel comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, no, don't do this. Take Mary. And although it was difficult and it was hard and it would have been shameful and he had a lot of questions to answer, Joseph trusted in the faithfulness of God. Look at this verse, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Oh, there's so much power in that name. That's why we have it up here and up there, and we'll have it in other places in the new year as well. The powerful name of Jesus. Why? he will save his people from their sins it was prophesied about they waited and waited and it finally happened probably not in the way that joseph and maybe other israelites wanted it to happen but god was faithful to his word and so joseph trusted in the faithfulness of god and so many times in our lives as well, we will say, Lord, I want you to do this, but make sure you do it this way, this way, and this way. And we give instructions to God to make sure that he knows the right way to do it, right? 
Because if he doesn't do it the right way, then what happens? Hey, God, you're doing it the wrong way. Like, can you listen to me? This is the right way to do it. No. If we trust in the faithfulness of God to fulfill his word, if we trust in the faithfulness of God as Joseph trusted, regardless of how difficult and hard it is, regardless of how, however the, the, the pathway is weaving in, in, in areas and ways that we don't want it to go, and I'm sure for Joseph, he didn't want this pathway, he didn't want it to go this way, but he, yet he trusted in the faithfulness of God. And friends, whatever petition and whatever request you have before the Lord today, Whatever situation and trial and difficulty you might be going through today, regardless of how difficult and how much you wish that God would change it, if we trust in the faithfulness of God, he'll make all things beautiful in his time. It's like the story of Abraham. In, Genesis, in, in, in Romans chapter 4, it says this about Abraham, because God promised something to Abraham, and Abraham didn't see it yet. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you a father of many nations. So God's telling Abraham, hey, Abraham, you're a father of many nations. And Abraham's looking back, he's scratching his head and thinking, I don't even have one son here. How am I supposed to be a father of many nations? The belief in the faithfulness of God to his word. If God said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations, without a doubt, without a question, without uh, any other possibility, God will fulfill his word. And friends, God will fulfill his word to you as well. Maybe not in the way that you would want it, but he will fulfill his word. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even, uh, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Isn't that amazing? That Abraham was able to believe and trust in the faithfulness of God because even though God said he would be a father of many nations, even when he didn't have any children, yet God said this is what's going to, going to happen. And in verse 21, a couple of verses later, it says this, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Friends, as we come to the end of 2022 and are on the precipice of 2023, and when we look back at our lives and look back at 2022 and think, God, where were you in this situation? Where were you in that situation? What happened to your word that you gave me here? What happened in this? Where were you in this situation? Let me tell you that if we can follow in the footsteps of Joseph, we will be way better off to be able to believe and trust in the faithfulness of God, that he will accomplish his word. Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promised to do. And so Joseph saw God's, God's faithfulness. You know, when the wise men came, what did they bring to Joseph? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That helped out Joseph. Who wouldn't take gold? Anyone here want some gold? That helped Joseph and his family as they had to flee to Egypt, and they needed things. They, Joseph saw the provision and faithfulness of God. God told him, Joseph, your wife is going to conceive and bear a son. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. I'll provide for you. And God did that. When God told him, go to Egypt, ahead of time, God brought the wise men and said, here, Joseph, here are some gifts for you and your family. This will help you throughout the journey. In God's faithfulness, he will provide what you need. Not always what we want, but always what we need. Joseph didn't run away from his family and say, this is too much. I can't deal with this. I'll be a, uh, I'll be, uh, I'm just going to abandon them. You better, you guys figure out what you're going to do. He could have done that, but he trusted and believed in the faithfulness of God. 
And the second part to that is that Joseph as well, not only that he trusted in the faithfulness of God, Joseph reflected the faithfulness of God. How did he do that? In what he did for Mary. In not abandoning Mary, in Joseph's commitment to Mary, he reflected the faithfulness of God. In Joseph's decision to say, to tell Mary, I will be there, I will stand with you, I will help you, I will support you, I'm not going to go away, I'm not going to divorce you, I'm not going to put you away, but I'm going to come and I'm going to stand with you. Joseph reflected the faithfulness of God to Mary. Mary was able to see, even in her own situation, where she is a young, young girl, 12, 13 years old to 15 years old, somewhere in that range. As a young girl with the the Holy Spirit coming and and filling her and with the angel saying, you're going to bear a child and he's going to be the son of God. All of this was probably so overwhelming for, for Mary. And as Mary saw Joseph stand behind, stand with her and behind her and to walk with her throughout this, Mary was able to see the faithfulness of God through the life of Joseph to be with her at that time. Joseph reflects the father's love, the father's faithfulness, the father's commitment, and the father's compassion to us. Friends, the heavenly father stands with you as Joseph stood with Mary. Friends, the heavenly father loves you as Joseph loved Mary in the most impossible and difficult situation. Friends, the Heavenly Father is committed to your good as Joseph was to Mary. We get a glimpse, we get a little picture of the Heavenly Father in how Joseph interacted with Mary. He reflected the faithfulness of God to Mary. Joseph is referred to in this prophecy. When the angel comes to him, he, called, he said, Joseph, son of David. Joseph is referred to here with this, this kingly authority, the son of David coming from this kingship. And so Joseph, in, in a situation where, where people might have looked at Mary and thought, hey, you committed adultery or you're unfaithful or you did this, you did that. Instead, Joseph stood beside Mary. In a situation where maybe the culture and the people of the world around them would have discarded Mary and said, Mary, how could you have let this happen to you? How could you have been unfaithful? How could you have been impure? How could you have done this, that, and the other? Instead, Joseph stood by Mary. Does it sound like somebody you know? It sounds a lot like Jesus to me. There was a situation in the New Testament where there was a woman that was brought to the Pharisees, to the religious people of the day. She was taken in adultery. They brought her to Jesus and said, Jesus, this woman, she was taken in adultery. She was committing sin against the law of Moses. Now, the law of Moses says that we should stone her. Jesus, what do you say we should do? Jesus reflected the love and faithfulness of God to that woman. He said, the first person here, those that are, are, are here without any sin, you cast the first stone. And one by one, they started to leave. And it was just left with Jesus and that woman. And Jesus looked at that woman and said, where are, your, where are the people that condemned you? They're all gone. And Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. It's a beautiful picture of what Joseph did for Mary as well. I don't condemn you, Mary. I don't cast stones on you, Mary. Actually, Mary, I'm going to come and stand with you 
we are going to walk together through this, and we're going to see the beautiful faithfulness of God in our lives. Joseph displayed the amazing love of God to Mary in a climate and situation and circumstance that would have condemned Mary and probably would have resulted maybe even in her stoning. Joseph's fatherly love, Joseph's heart of faithfulness was reflected. He was a young man, maybe 16 to 19 years old. Friends, know today that Jesus loves you. In Lamentations chapter 3, in verse 22 and 23, it says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. On this Advent Sunday where we focus on the theme of love, understand and know that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. As we see it in the life of Joseph, beautifully reflected towards Mary, it is ours for the taking today as Jesus gives his love towards us. I want to ask you to take a moment. You would have received a card when you walked in, and it says, what is your hope or prayer for 2023? And what I'd like you to do is just to write on there what your hope or prayer is for 2023. It can be anonymous. You can put your name on it if you'd like as well. And what we're going to do is uh, we're going to collect those. I'm going explain, to explain to you how we're going to do that in a moment. But I would just like for you to just write on there, what is your hope? What is your prayer for 2023? If you want to put your name down on there so we can pray more specifically for you, please feel free to do so. If you want it to be anonymous, you can leave it anonymous as well. Can I ask you, I'm just going to tell you, tell you two more stories. And as I tell you these stories, can you just be writing on that card? The first story is about a, 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 a woman named... Uh, Ahlan. As a young girl, Ahlan was healed by Jesus. But for decades, she didn't know who Jesus was. For decades, she didn't have a Bible to read. She was in her 60s, and she had never met a follower of Jesus. And she had never read the Word of God before. But in her dreams, Jesus was revealed to her. She was nine when her mother died, and she had a dream when she was nine years old. And a man in white came to her and said, I will always be with you. And she awoke full of peace. In her 20s, she got an infection in her arm, and her arm turned black. The doctor said they had to amputate her arm. The night before the surgery, she had a dream. And a man in white came to her again and touched her arm and the infection went away. She woke up in the morning and her arm wasn't black anymore and she was completely and perfectly healed. As years passed, she started to understand that this man in white was Jesus. But she had never met a follower of Jesus. She had never read the Bible before. One day, decades later, she saw an ad on Facebook that said, have you dreamt of a man in white? And she clicked on that, and it took her to a missions organization that was trying to reach out to people like this. 
and she was finally introduced to a person that followed Jesus and she was able to have a conversation and explain how she had been a follower of Jesus even though she had never met a follower of Jesus. She finally in her 60s got her first Bible and started to read the Bible and study the scriptures together. God is able to do the impossible that in the midst of uncertainty, God is able to do something certain. I'll tell you a story right here in Toronto of a, of, a, of a girl named Zara, not her real name. Last summer, we had Nigel Paul come and speak. He was from the move-in ministry, and he tells this story of about a decade ago, a young girl named Zara, eight years old, came to their Kids Capers camp, their summer camp. And as she was at this camp, she was touched and blessed by the love of God. And so she wrote a little note to Nigel's wife. Her, name was, her name's Jesse. Wrote a little note to Jesse. She's eight years old at the time. Dear Jesse, you are a very nice person to me and very kind. I said I would make you a card, and I did. Here it is, and a picture to remember me. And she gave that to Nigel and Jesse, and they took that photo and that note and put it on their fridge. She was impacted and touched with the love of God. This past January, nine years later, a ring in the doorbell of their apartment. They open the door, and there stands Zara, 17 years old, ready to invite them to come to her baptism. Almost 10 years later, this is happening, and she explains her journey of faith and how she sought the Lord and how Jesus appeared to her in a dream, and she felt safe and felt loved in the presence of God and the word of God that came to her, I am the way, the truth, and the life. She did an online search and found a church in Toronto and she started to attend that church and they were able to celebrate on Easter Sunday her baptism. So friends, can I encourage you to, on your social media platforms, just invite somebody to our Sunday morning service, Christmas Day. On Christmas Eve, invite somebody to come with you and experience Jesus. Okay, this is what I want you to do. The ushers are gonna direct you. We're gonna start at the back. You're gonna go out through the right side my left, your right, of the aisle. You're going to come to the front, either to here or to here. Pastor Leonor and I are going to be at the front here. And I want you to come and take your card, your hope, your prayer for 2023, and just place it in the basket. And we are going to give you a promise verse. And we are going to bless you in the name of the Lord. And as you come forward... As you surrender and you put that prayer, you put that hope in the basket, you surrender it to the Lord and you give it to Jesus and we will bless you with the promise as well. So ushers, can I, can I ask you just to direct the people to the front? Pastor Leonor, maybe you can come over here.